0: Section 49 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 2 Much Astonishment on the Western Coast. The following night the moon rose at ten o'clock. Nevertheless, however good the appearance of the night, the wind, and the sea, no fisherman dreamed of setting out either from Augs-la-Pierre or Bordeaux or from Hume-Benet or from Le Platon, or from Gras, or from Vasson Bay, or from Perel Bay, or from Pézerie, or from Le Tiel, or from the Bay of Les Saints, or from Petit Beau, or from any port or small harbor of Guernsey. And this was quite simple. The cocks had crowed at midday. When the cock crows at an unusual hour the catch of fish fails nevertheless that evening at nightfall a fisherman who was returning to omptor had a surprise off Houme paradis beyond the two Bray and the two grune, with the beacon of the plate Fouchere, in the form of a reversed funnel on the right and the beacon of saint sampson which represents the figure of a man on the left he thought he perceived a third beacon What beacon was this? When had it been placed on that point? What shoals did it indicate? The beacon immediately answered these questions. It moved. It was a mast. The fisherman's astonishment did not diminish. A beacon suggested a question. A mast was much more suggestive. No fishing was possible. Someone was going out when everybody else was coming in. Who? Why? Ten minutes later the mast, advancing slowly, came within a short distance of the fisherman of Omptor. He could not recognize the vessel. He heard the sound of rowing. There was the noise of two oars. Hence it was probably a man alone. The man was from the north. This man was evidently rowing to catch the wind beyond Point Fontenelle there he would probably hoist his sail hence he intended to double encresse and montrevel what was the meaning of this the mast passed by the fisherman ran into harbor that same night chance observers on the west coast of guernsey scattered and isolated made remarks at different hours and at various points just as the omptel fisherman had finished mooring his boat a carter of seaweed half a mile farther on as he whipped up his horses in the deserted road of cloture near the cromlec in the vicinity of martello towers six and seven saw a sail being hoisted on the water far away on the horizon in a spot which was little frequented because it was necessary to know it well towards la roque nord and la sombreneuse he paid but little attention to it however being intent on his cart and not on boats. Half an hour, perhaps, had elapsed after the carter perceived this sail, when a plasterer, returning from his work in the town and passing round the pellet Pool suddenly found himself almost opposite a boat very audaciously making its way among the rocks of the Quenon, the Rousse de Mer, and the Grippe de Rousse. The night was black, but the sea was light, an effect which is frequently produced and one can then distinguish vessels going and coming on the water. There was no other boat on the sea except this one. A little lower down and a little later, a lobster-man, arranging his pots on the sand, which separates Port Soif, Port Thirst, from Port Enfer, Port Hell, could not understand the maneuvers of a boat gliding between the Bou-Corneille and the Moulrette. A man must be a good pilot, and in great haste, to reach his destination, to risk himself there. As eight o'clock was sounding at the Catel, the innkeeper of Cobo Bay observed, with some bewilderment, a sail beyond the Bout du Jardin and the Grunette, very near La Suzanne and the Grune de l'Ouest. Not far from Cobo Bay, on the solitary point of Oumet, on the Vasson Bay, two lovers were parting and holding each other back at the moment when the girl was saying to the youth if i go away tis not because i do not like to be with you but because i have my chores to attend to their attention was diverted from their parting kiss by a rather large boat which passed by very near them and directed its course towards the messelette Monsieur le père de norgiaux who lived at cotillon was busy about nine o'clock in the evening in examining a hole made by marauders in the hedge of his garden, La Genorette, and in his double ladder planted with trees. As he observed the damage, he could not help noticing a boat rashly doubling croque point at that hour of the night. This was a very hazardous course on the day after a tempest, and with the agitation still remaining in the sea, one was imprudent to select it unless one knew the channels by heart. At half-past nine, at Le Quartiere, a trawler, bringing in his net, halted for some time to watch something which must be a boat between Colombelle and La Souffleresse. This boat was exposing itself greatly. There are sudden and very dangerous gusts of wind there. The Souffleresse, or blower rock, is so named because it blows unexpectedly on vessels. At the moment when the moon rose, the tide was full, and the sea, being spread out in the little strait of Li the solitary keeper of the island of Li was greatly startled. He saw a long, black object pass between him and the moon. That lofty, black, narrow form resembled a winding sheet, erect and walking. It glided slowly along the top of the sort of wall formed by the piles of rocks. The guardian of Lyot thought he recognized the black lady. The white lady inhabits the To de paix d'Amont, the grey lady inhabits the To de paix d'Aval, the red lady inhabits the Sileuse, to the north of the Ban Marquis, and the black lady inhabits the Grand Itacre to the west of Li Hume. At night, by moonlight, these ladies come out and sometimes meet. This black form might possibly be a sail the long bars of rocks over which it seemed to be walking might in reality conceal the hull of a boat sailing behind them and allow the sail only to be seen but the guardian asked himself what boat would dare to risk itself at that hour between lihou and la pecaresse and the angluyre and Lere and with what object it appeared more probable to him that it was the black lady just as the moon had passed the bell tower of saint pierre du bois the guard of the chateau Roquen, as he raised the half of the drawbridge distinguished at the mouth of the bay further on than la haute carre nearer than la sambule a sailing vessel which seemed to be going from north to south on this southern coast of guernsey there exists behind Plémont, at the bottom of a bay, all composed of precipices and rocks rising perpendicularly from the waves, a singular port, which a Frenchman, who had sojourned in the island ever since 1855, the same possibly as he who writes these lines, had baptized as the Port on the Fourth Story, a name generally adopted at the present day. This port, which was then called the is a rock plateau, half natural, half hewn out, elevated about forty feet above the level of the water, and communicating with the waves by two great parallel beams on an inclined plane. Boats, hoisted by sheer strength of arm, by chains and pulleys, mount from the sea and descend again along these beams which are like two rails. There is a staircase for men. This port was greatly frequented at that time by smugglers. Not being very practicable, it was convenient for them. Towards eleven o'clock some smugglers, perhaps the very ones on whom Clubin had reckoned, were standing with their bales on the summit of this platform of La He who smuggles is on the lookout. They were on the alert. They were astonished by a sail which suddenly appeared beyond the black silhouette of Cape Plémont the moon was shining. These smugglers watched that sail, fearing that it was some coast-guard boat on its way to station itself in ambush behind the great Hanway. But the sail passed the Hanways, left the Boublondel behind it on the northwest, and then disappeared in the open sea, amid the pale shadows of the mists on the horizon. Where the devil can that boat be going? said the smugglers to each other. That same evening, a little after sunset, someone was heard to knock at the door of the Bue de la Rue. It was a young man dressed in brown with yellow stockings, which indicated a junior clerk of the parish. The Bue de la Rue was closed, door and shutters. An old woman, a fisher of the fruits of the sea, who was prowling about the bank with a lantern, hailed the youth, and these words were exchanged by the fishwife and the junior clerk in front of the Bue de la rue. What do you want, young man? The man who lives here. He's not here. Where is he? I don't know. Will he be here tomorrow? I don't know. Has he gone away? I don't know. You see, my good woman, the new rector of the parish, the Reverend Ebenezer Caudray, would like to call on him. I don't know. The reverend gentleman has sent me to inquire whether the man of the Bue de la Rue will be at home tomorrow. I don't know. End of chapter 2. Much Astonishment on the Western Coast.